Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got friend of the show, Alex Leto. He, of course, is with EPC, as you all know, or you should know, and I'm really glad to have him on the show because my latest column is, how GAN has finally arrived. Welcome to the show, Alex, and welcome to GAN. Hey, thanks very much, Alex. Well, it, it really has arrived because... Dan has been the shy sister of the wideband gap semiconductors. Silicon carbide's gotten a lot of the attention because it's such an exotic production process. It sublimates. They have to basically make a core of a star almost, the hot plasma to make it. It's powerful and it's high temperature. And gallium nitride just, you know, kept creeping along saying, oh, we're just better than silicon in a lot of ways. It just takes a little bit of time to get into it. And now... All of these promises have started to come to fruition, and APEC, you could almost call it a GAN show this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, at APEC, we had a, uh, literally thousands of people show up at our um, both our booth and our um, talks that we gave. And, you know, GAN is, is simpler, simpler than silicon in so many ways to manufacture, and since you only apply it as a very thin layer on top of silicon, you don't have the cost penalties. Uh, so this is really a, a challenge to silicon on not just performance, but on cost. Mm-hmm. Well, although I must admit it took a bit to achieve some of these things because, for example, I thought I've always been a proponent, and I know that you've avoided the issue because with your package less, but packaging has always been an issue, and you sidestepped that, but, the rest, but there are parts of the industry that are wedded to that, but luckily now we've actually got the packaging too, so you can go package less, you can go with package, you can go in traditional packages. It's really the true choice. That's true, but uh, you know I've I've always felt that the package only detracts from a product's performance, and of course it adds cost. In the case of a silicon MOSFET, the package is half the cost of the product. Uh, and with GAN, you don't need the package because the gallium nitride on top of the silicon is actually sealed in glass, at least the way EPC manufactures it. So you don't have any of the added cost, any added size, any of the added reliability hazards or inductance or resistance or thermal resistance. Um, so that is a, a big step forward uh, in, in uh, product uh, performance as well as cost. And it's, it's why we've come to this point today where we can say that GAN is actually less expensive than silicon and higher performance. Well, I'll agree 100% on the latter. GAN is higher performance. You're going to have to convince me a little on the pricing. Can you tell me a little bit on the price points you're looking at right now? Well, we are introducing a family of products uh, led by our EPC 2035 and 2036, which are 100-volt and 60-volt products that are actually priced for the very first time in 60 years. An alternate material is priced lower than a silicon device and is about 10 times higher performance. Uh, these parts wow. are, are lower on resistance. They're the same uh, rated voltage, and they are at lower price at both low volume and high volume, and they're on the shelves on Wednesday uh, at DigiKey for anybody to buy. Okay, well, and, and just for the audiences, we're, we're recording this at the uh, end of uh, April, so basically by the beginning of May, everyone can have this stuff. Yep, absolutely. By May, by April 29th, you can all buy it. Uh, and uh, this is, I think, a historic moment uh, because it's it's never been done that a 
an alternate material has been both lower price and higher performance than silicon. Well, and that's that's pretty earth-shaking when you think about it, because obviously silicon replaced the previous generation of technology. There, I, I don't know if it will if GAN will completely push silicon or frankly the all of the wideband gap semiconductors. You know, just as CRT, there might still be some apps floating around just because people of inertia or price or whatever. But we're talking about mainstream engineering, right? Yes. Uh, the minute you can get something higher performance and lower cost, then why why do it? Why not why not change to that? Uh, and and that's what what GAN is doing in power. Uh, we will soon stretch that to analog and potentially into the digital world in a couple of years. Well. I, you mentioned that, but did you know that the Brits are currently going through a major research program to qualify piezoelectric materials for next-generation digital processors to increase? Because, as you know, and, and as you've proposed, you know, you've been very vocal about the speed of GAN. I completely believe you about digital GAN. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that there's some technological question marks, um, but uh, you know, that's a three hundred billion dollar opportunity. The digital world. The power world is a $30 billion opportunity, and, and the analog world is a $40 billion opportunity. So those are big chunks of the silicon uh, marketplace, and I think we're going to dethrone the king here in the next, uh, next few years, starting with power on Wednesday of this week. <laughs> that is great. Now, Alex, I'm a true believer, but for the audience members out there who are not, how much real design in is going to be required with these new GAN devices that is different from what they're doing today? I think that, that there is, there's always some design, and these devices are, are blazing fast, uh, and um, they, they are teeny tiny. Uh, they, these, uh, this new family part is 0.8 square millimeters, uh, and they're replacing mm. silicon parts that are like uh, 20, 15 square millimeters. So it's like a 40x reduction in the size of the of the the thing so you, you in order to take advantage of it you got to make a smaller pc board which saves you cost uh so you know you don't really need to 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 learn much you just need to take advantage of what gan can uh, can offer you in terms of size uh these devices have uh um threshold voltages very similar to uh logic level mosfets they can be driven directly off of uh, uh logic devices uh, so, you know, you can really start taking advantage of GAN in a very broad way and get the cost advantage right away. Nice, nice. Now, I always ask this, what support do you offer engineers to help implement your solution into theirs? Well, with, the, with every part that EPC has ever uh, launched, we have development kits uh, that have these devices mounted in functioning circuits with drivers, with a quick start guide, with, uh, with waveforms. We also have bill of materials and Gerber plots on our website. We have all the simulations in, uh, in SPICE, uh, the various P-SPICE, LT-SPICE on our website for immediate download. Uh, and, um, you know, again, having devices on the shelf for immediate delivery is probably the best support you can give any engineer. <laughs> That's very true because, well, engineering is the science of the possible, and it's impossible if you can't get parts. Right, and an engineer is somebody who can do for a dollar what any damn fool can do for five dollars. <laughs> That's a great one. I haven't heard that one before yet, Alex. Thank you. So, but back to the brass tacks. Uh, can you give us a short 
overview of the devices that you're going to be releasing, you know, the, the, the PowerPoints and uh, such for the family? Yes, I can. Um, the uh, EPC uh, 2035 is a 60-volt part, uh, and the EPC 2036 is a 100-volt part. Uh, and they're on, uh, they're being offered the the uh, lower voltage part is being offered for thirty six cents in low volume, and the uh, high voltage part is being offered for thirty eight cents in low volume. They have um, uh, development kits, as I said, uh, available at the same time, and um, the on resistances are sixty milliohms and forty some odd milliohms approximately. Uh, so they are very low on resistance parts, they're high voltage parts, and they're perfect for general purpose uh, switching applications, but class D audios, small point load converters, uh, isolated DC to DC converters, uh, and um, you know they can also be used at very high frequencies in the tens and, and even hundreds of megahertz. Well, and what that's screaming to me is wearables and IoT and very small, very powerful devices. Absolutely, and, and uh, particularly wireless power uh, for, for those kinds of things. Uh, you know, the, the wireless power at the lower levels, uh, what are called uh, Class 1, Class 2, uh, can be very easily powered by these devices, and they are much, much uh, lower cost than power MOSFETs. And uh, wow. I want now, to say that this is the beginning of a large family of products uh, at the very low cost end, at the very high performance end, including more products for wireless power, monolithic half bridges, uh, and more complicated ICs, all very small and very, very low price. Mm. Well, now, and, and, and some engineers are using MOSFETs as switches in replacing, or replacing diodes and creating bridges and such. Can right. you use your devices in the same fashion? Yes, absolutely. For synchronous rectification, they're fantastic. Uh, very, very good devices to replace shocky diodes or, or other kinds of rectifiers in 12-volt and 24-volt out, uh, output, even 48-volt output devices. Nice. Well, and, and I must admit, um, I've always been fascinated with the way GAN functions, the whole piezoelectric stress field, super quasi-superconductivity thing. The fact that we're able to harness that effect and really turn it into a sellable, functional, reliable, predictable part is really a testament to what we've managed to achieve in this, in this industry. Yeah, you know, look, it's been a long time coming. Silicon's been around for a long time. Uh, gallium nitride does have more efficient electron conduction than silicon. You can also make the devices smaller because it's a stronger crystal. Uh, and uh, so we saw that several years ago. You know, when we launched our, our first GAN devices five years and one month ago, uh, we said at the time in, in all our conferences, we said we have a roadmap and we will make it less expensive than silicon in 2015. And here we are in 2015, and we're doing it. But it's just the start. I think GAN can be a half the cost of silicon, maybe a third the cost of silicon in the world of power and analog. Uh, and that just changes wow. all of the equations. You're absolutely right, Alex, because frankly, up until the point you gave me those price points, I'd always had in my mind that GAN will have a niche and silicon will have a place and all. But at those prices, there's no argument to replace silicon with GAN in any application space that it's useful. Absolutely. There's no more argument. Uh, we've 
presented many reliability studies that show that that GAN, by virtue of the fact that it has no package, uh, is actually more reliable on average than MOSFETs. Uh, it's more thermally efficient. It's it's just every which way a better semiconductor. Finally, so now we're coming out with a family of products uh, that will become a large family that are just teeny tiny. So you can shrink everything you want, uh, you can get lower price, and you can get a whole lot higher performance out of it. It's, it's going to open up new applications uh, beyond what we already see, and it, it really is going to take over a large chunk of the silicon base. I agree completely, Alex. In fact, um, I definitely wanted to mention in this interview the uh, demo that you had at APEC. You were running a fully functional, because you were talking about smaller devices, but this was an eighth brick, a legacy form factor that you've managed to cram a sick amount of power in. I mean, I, when I was, I've, I've been in this industry, as you know, since the uh, mid-90s, mid 80s, 90s, gosh, I forget myself. And um, when you used to be able to say you could put 150 watts in an eighth brick, people were like, oh, my God, that's sick density. And how much did you have at APEC? 500 watts. We had 500 watts, and it wasn't uh, the the device, the uh, uh, PC board wasn't hotter than 100 degrees C, uh, and uh, we showed that all day long at uh, at APEC, and and that's just the beginning. You know, we did that with just standard off-the-shelf components, and we're not power supply designers. Uh, you know, we're looking at 1,200 watt quarter bricks uh, now, as as uh, soon to be the state of the art using GAN. Well, you know, at that point, you begin to challenge the substrate, some vias, and interconnects. Well, yeah, I think that that you can do it with relatively standard vias and interconnects today. If you upgrade those, you can get to even higher levels of power density. Wow. I love hearing that kind of stuff because the mind boggles just picturing that kind of density in a quarter brick. Yeah, you know, look, it's it's there at the power end we get higher power density, but also new things start becoming possible. You know, we have uh, one of our customers actually shrunk an X-ray machine into a pill, uh, and this uh, this X-ray machine can do a full colonoscopy by just swallowing a pill, and it wirelessly transmits the information to uh, a little patch on your back, which then gets sent to the doctor, and, and no more colonoscopies uh, the old-fashioned way with uh, purging and preparing and, uh, and all that stuff. And this is just one of many examples of stuff that's coming from nowhere that is miniaturization from the higher speed and the teeny tiny size of the GAN device. And now with the lower cost, it's going to be incredible in consumer products like you know the Internet of Things and wearables. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely, Alex. In fact, I, this is a podcast and I could carry on all day with you on this subject. Um, I'm so fascinated and interested in it, but unfortunately it is a podcast and we are on a time schedule, so I am going to give you the opportunity. I give all my guests to have the last word in my podcast, so you can say a little bit more about the new products or tip about the market or just something for our audience, but the floor is yours. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Alex. I'd just like to say that, you know, it's the first time in 60 years that a, uh, a material has threatened silicon both with higher performance and lower price. And uh, this lower price is just the beginning, uh, as is the higher performance. It's a 1,000x uh, higher performance theoretically, and we're only at 10x today. So 
look to this space. Uh, I think that gallium nitride is, is uh, you know, giving a whole new life to Moore's Law, uh, and uh, EPC is just very uh, happy to be uh, at the forefront of that. Uh, I agree with you completely, Alex. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate you being here. Alex, as always, it's a great pleasure and a lot of fun. Oh, I always have fun with you, Alex. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Don Power. Have a great day.